Hello, and welcome back to Dead by Fanny, an Evil Dead 2 podcast. And it's the only podcast on the internet where your humble, always humble, super sexy, super funny, and intelligent host, Danny, that's me, watches Evil Dead 2 every single day for 30 days. Okay? You're not going to find another podcast on the internet that's even remotely like that. Only this podcast. Because it's the only one. And it's the most creative and most intelligent and somewhat funny and (laughs) exhausting podcast to listen to. It's short. It's shorter than my other podcast. It's about a third as long. And it's also um, daily. So every single day, you get to hear my beautiful voice talking about one of my favorite movies of all time, Sam Raimi's 1987 film, The Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. (laughs) And now I'm going to take a big old breath because I said most of that in one breath. (sighs) Today's episode, I planned this since I started the podcast, is going to be based on the sounds of Evil Dead 2. And the reason why I'm talking about the sounds of Evil Dead 2 is because I feel like the uh, use of sound effects in all of the films, even the 2013 film, is like a major point of comedy for these movies and a major reason why some of them are very effectively good horror movies as well as good comedies. So, without further ado, I give you the sounds of Evil Dead 2. Boom, rhymed, you can call me the genius. I didn't even think about that beforehand. That was right on the spot, right off the top of the dome, right off the top of the thinker. You know, when I think about it, it would probably be, this podcast would probably be a a lot less insufferable, you know, if I uh, wrote notes down or had any sort of plan going into these episodes. Usually, I think of a topic, like for this episode, The Sounds of Evil Dead, or last episode, Uh, Is the Evil Dead canon in Evil Dead 2? And the episode before, spoilers, and the episode before, review spoiler-free. Like, I I come up with basically the idea of what I want to talk about, but I don't actually write any notes during the movie, and I don't really think at all. (laughs) It's all on the spot. But uh, let me know. If if you think I should have more planning going to these episodes, I won't. Uh, Like, I won't actually take your advice. I won't actually plan or take notes for these episodes, (laughs) but it will be interesting to see that you guys um, want to hear it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, let me know. Contact me on Instagram at DCR Films. That's a shameless plug right there. But without further ado, let's just get into the sounds of Evil Dead 2. See, I just did it again. I think I just did the same one again. I think I repeated myself. But, the yeah, like I said... The sounds of the Evil Dead franchise as a whole always stood out to me as very effective, especially for how low-budget and scrappy they feel. Uh, Not so much the more recent films, like uh, Evil Dead 2013 or the television show, but more so the original trilogy, because when you don't really have the money or resources to afford a lot of uh, uh, scary elements or gags or special effects of the like, 
a lot of the mood and atmosphere of the film dwindles down to the sound. And when you have scenes that may seem mundane or uh, boring or flat, a way to make those scenes seem more heightened or more scary or funnier would be to use silly sound effects. And even very basic sound effects in very small locations can prove to be very effective in whatever tone Raimi was going for in that scene. And specifically, Evil Dead 2 uses sound greatly. I mean, one of my favorite parts of the original Evil Dead, The Evil Dead, is when Ash is, like, strapping the harnesses and all these clamps and things, and they all have the same sound effect. And it just makes me laugh every time, even though technically the first film is not a comedy. That's just one of the one of the biggest sound effects jokes in any movie, really. That just makes me laugh, even if it's not a comedy or an, like like an outwardly comedic scene. You know what I mean? But Evil Dead Two uses sound to a far more extreme extent than any of the other films in this series, and that's because the sounds of Evil Dead Two are so carefully sculpted around the tone of the scene and the atmosphere and the different acts of the film. And of course, uh, we got to get the big old elephant off the table. I got to address the, the slate that needs to be, needs to be uh, shown, needs to be wiped clean. The audio fidelity (laughs) to be, to say of these films is not the highest quality, right? And I forgot to mention it up top. This is being recorded on April 11th. And I did watch this f- film in my personal VHS copy on my Daewoo sil- silver box television from my childhood in my Daewoo brand VCR that came with the television uh, back in 1999 or whenever we got this. And uh, I was watching it at a medium volume, a little bit past the L on the word volume, on the volume meter. And I tried to listen carefully through the different scenes and acts of the film, starting notably with the, f- the first part of the film, the first, uh, the, the, I guess, essentially recap of the first Evil Dead film. And like I said, the audio fidelity of these movies is not the highest. They're very low-budget, old movies. So they don't sound as crisp as a major motion picture, like a massive blockbuster at the time, or even indie films nowadays like nowadays I can record on this cheap microphone and my cheap recorder and I can you can record a movie on a goddamn cell phone and have high quality uh crisper audio than some of the highest quality resources of the early 80s so we take advantage of that uh a lot of the time and we don't realize that back then uh certain things aren't going to sound as clear as they would today and Namely, I think the biggest sufferer of that in Evil Dead 2 specifically is the dialogue. Because a lot of the dialogue, uh, it sounds like it's clipping most of the time. It sounds really washed out, especially when you layer it with other sound effects. But that's nothing more than a product of its time. It's it's not, not really a thing I can dock off of the film. And maybe if I watched my high-definition quality digital version of the film with headphones on and on my computer with a 4k monitor like maybe my modern day 2018 computer uh maybe 
the fidelity would be a lot nicer. Maybe the audio would be a lot clearer, but I am stubborn. And I plugged in, I have these Tascam studio mics that really preserve the audio quality. Like if I were to wear Beats or something, the bass would disproportionately be loud. So I plugged in these studio headphones that came with my audio recorder straight into the television and it worked. So I watched it that way. And I really wanted to hear the different layers of the audio because I knew I was going to talk about sound today. And in, it, let, let's just jump right into the actual film. I think one of the most interesting parts, one of the most interesting things about the sound in the first, uh, first, I don't want to say act because it's technically not the first act, but in the fir- like opening elements, the, the recap of the first Evil Dead is that um, music, non-diegetic music that is, which is sounds that technically aren't occurring in the action of the film. So that would be like music that the characters can't actually hear, like the score, is used a lot more, a lot less than in the rest of the film. That swelling, booming score that we all love from these films is a a little bit more absent in the first part because the first part of the film is meant to feel a lot more like the classic Evil Dead, the original, which had a lot more horror feel. And when you remove the music, non-diegetic music that is, from a film, you get a more realistic feel and you start to pay more attention to the sounds that are actually happening in the movie, which will be a lot more moody and thrilling and cryptic. That being said, we do still see, um, we, st- we do still hear the sounds of the evil, like that classic first person shot with the booming, like the roaring and the howling of the demons and the wind wisping past camera, as well as the sounds of what almost sounds like a motorbike, like a, like a rumming, really coming together to build that sound that we know as the evil in these movies. And it's, it's, it's edited like beautifully. I, I always love when uh, I'm watching this film and the sound editing cuts back and forth between really jarring, loud, windy noises of the demons in the, in the, in the evil dead. Pretty, I think it's called the evil dead. I think the, the, the force that we see in the first person is called the evil. I'm going to call it the evil. But basically that that sound that we that we uh, in our heads associate with that evil, I always love when it cuts back and forth between that and a far less extreme uh, sound effect or or action happening. It really builds tension and it really calls out how strong the noise and how powerful this thing that is coming is going to be. And we do get that in the opening scene and a lot of the sounds like it's very silent. There's kind of like a hissing, which is, I guess you can call it room tone for the time, because, you know, like I said, the audio fidelity wasn't that great, so everything kind of has hissing in the background, unless it's poorly edited, and the hissing drops, which means that there's no sound happening. And that whole opening sequence is very much uh, flat when it comes to background elements. We still get the very ex- exaggerated lightning and the, the screams and the sound of the evil, which is like, you know classic and it's 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 of what's to come and it's but when it comes to the atmosphere there's far less sound going on which builds the atmosphere more making it sound more seem more grounded and realistic you know 
But once that whole opening sequence ends and we get past the daytime sequence and Ash finally gets back to the cabin, the atmosphere has significantly changed. Uh, it Rather than having just hissing in the background the sounds of an empty cabin, we start to hear this constant howling wind through the trees. And it almost has like a, a vocal quality to it. It's, it's just like whistling wind, you know, something you'd expect from the nighttime in the outside on a windy day. But it, it, it's a persistent noise in the background of all of the scenes that are set in the cabin. And it really just starts to build atmospherically, especially there's the sequence where uh, the rocking chair is moving on its own. And you hear not only the howling of the wind in the background, but mixed in, in with it, you hear the voices of the demons very softly, as well as this loud, creaking rocking chair. And it all works to really build tension. And eventually, leading up to Ash's hand coming to life and making the sounds of a rat while also murmuring like a small little tiny demon. And all the mixtures of like the crackling of his bones all comes together to really sell the audience on the one thing that this hand is alive and possessed. And I really love how well the, the I don't want to say Raimi because I don't know if he's not necessarily the sound editor of the movie, but I love how well the filmmakers were able to combine and mesh all of these sound effects to make us truly believe that certain things were happening and to make us truly feel uneasy about the scene. Uh, like especially at like the scene in the shed. It's very uneasy to watch because of the audio, but also because of the, the imagery. But, but, <laughs> but when you think like you're hearing the screams of Ash, you're hearing the rumbling of the chainsaw and the, you hear the blood splatting on the walls and gushing out of the, of Linda's decapitated head. Like all of the combination of all of these elements really sell the horror of this film. And that brings me to the comedic use of sounds in this film because boy there is a lot you know not only do the demons just sound funny right like they're they sound like that to sound unsettling right like in the first film they sounded unsettling because their voices were distorted and were constantly shifting but in this film when they're all layered on top of each other and they're yelling and they're saying things like i'm gonna swallow your soul you'll be dead by dawn and cursing at people it's funny. Like, that's a ridiculous thing. <laughs> and, and, and the gags that they use these sound effects with are just great. The, 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 the exaggerated, pleonastic, uh, like, unmotivated sounds of a lot of props are really, really sell the scenes a lot of the time. And that's the thing that, that Raimi is really, really good at using. I mean, the, 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 the pleonastic, which is kind of like an exaggerated or heightened sound effect that that brings in the meaning of a scene, is something like even in Spider-Man films, when when uh, his spider sense is triggered, that that like rushing sound as we close in on his eyes and his ears and everything, is is really just a, not a true sound effect, but a but a a sound not it's not actually happening in real life you know what i mean but it is it is motivated by the character's actions 
to give it more of a meaning within the scene. Same thing with, like, when I say unmotivated sound, it, it's like this, like, the sound effect of, like, uh, swooshing happen as someone turns their head. There's not a real whoosh, but it's funnier if there is. It really gives an, an extra, like, oomph to it, like, an extra exaggeration, especially, like, with Henrietta's character when she comes out of the cellar later in the film and she's kind of spinning in the air and you hear, like, the whooshing of a ceiling fan. That's just, f- like, a small gag, but it's funny. It made me laugh. Or the laughing buck always makes me laugh. It makes me smile at the very least at the, just by thinking about it, you know? But, but yeah, it's just... And also, like, one of my personal favorites is when Henrietta gets decapitated and it's the sound of, like, a balloon deflating as her body wiggles around and falls on the floor. These, these unmotivated, technically diegetic sound effects, but they're exaggerated and pleonastic, these these like f- these i guess asynchronous sounds is i don't know if that's the right word but it's it's these sound effects that technically don't match the image but technically do match the image and and it really gives an extra sense of exaggeration and cartoonishness to this world especially uh in a lot of the montages that are in all of these movies like in a groovy scene so you know what that means that means it's Groovy time. Groovy. In in the groovy time scene, it it's preceded by a montage of uh, Ash and Annie putting together the chainsaw hand and cutting the barrel off of the shotgun. And this whole scene is made through the sound effects. I mean, come on, like. <laughs> Like, the the sound of all of the clamps shutting and wrapping around him are only there to sell the shots that they're in, right? Technically, putting that leather around his waist doesn't make a sound. But if it makes a stretching sound, that shot seems to have purpose. It's not just quiet. Or the clamping of the, 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 uh, the clamp, I guess, <laughs> around his around the chainsaw, the lifting of it, or putting it on his arm. That doesn't technically make as much noise as it does, but it, it motivates the, the shot, and it makes it all fit well together, especially because it doesn't really have any music until after he puts it all together. Or how he, when he chops the barrel off of the shotgun with the chainsaw, that's not actually happening. It's pre-cut, but without the sound of like the grinding, you wouldn't believe that he was actually cutting the barrel off the shotgun. All of these sound effects in this scene, even though they are ridiculous, really sell the scene. And when I was really listening to it for this episode, I've listened to it tons of times before, and my attention is always grabbed when this scene happens, especially when the boy says groovy, okay? And this time, uh, because I was listening so closely and I was anticipating this scene, big old grin, cheek to cheek, let out a good old chuckle. You know, I didn't clap like I did the first time, but I did I did let out like a little bit of a cheer, like a woo, yeah. Like, I mean, uh, well, it wasn't like a yes. It was more like a ha like one of those. But uh, I haven't had one of those in a couple days, but, but I did today. And that means that this movie's still doing it for me. You know what I mean? Uh, how many, however many episodes we're in, I think this is the fourth episode. It's still doing it for me. There, there's all sorts of sounds that really bring this movie to life, especially 
the moody atmosphere of of the the sequences where Ash is alone in the in the cabin really are made by the sound. Not I mean not to discredit the the cinematography or the or the beautiful perfor- like physical performance on Bruce Campbell's behalf, but without the sound in a lot of those scenes, I don't think it would be nearly as effective. The the, the just the sounds of existing in the cabin is genuinely like actually very I don't want to say it's scary because I'm not scared of the evil dead you know what I mean but as a horror scene and as a horror film the scenes in that cabin preceding the possession of his own hand are genuinely effective really really like I, I really think so especially that scene with the rocking chair it's and or or even later when Annie and the rest of the people are eventually in the cabin with him, the the scene where they creep over to Professor Noby's office, or the scene where he goes to Professor Noby's office on his own and the piano is playing, all of these things are really uh, made with the sounds, the silence of the characters, but the 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 ear like the deafening loud deafening loudness of the background of the wind of the howling of the demons lurking right the thunder all of these things really make they really make the anxiety that you feel in these slow what you would uh, interpret to be silent scenes because nobody's talking like no one's doing anything drastic or loud they're silent but they wouldn't be nearly as effective if they were muted and i think that's just great like there's these a lot of shots that are meant to build tension that Raimi uses. He lets characters walk out of shot and he leaves the camera lingering or he lets he shows them doing full actions that would normally be deemed slow, right? But they're meant to build tension and he lets the camera linger on nothingness and lets the sound do the work, the anticipation of sound do the work. And I think it's brilliant, especially from a horror point of view and it's most certainly from a sound point of view. And of course, while the dialogue isn't the most clear a lot of the times, especially when they're yelling or shouting over each other or over other sound effects, I think that the sound effects are beautiful and the the background noise and the foley and everything, the exaggerated sounds of his gun when he's putting it away and it makes the sound of the hammer pulling back and or like the ridiculousness of like, of every single action having a exaggerated sound or, or, or even small motions having unmotivated sounds, <coughs> excuse me, are, are just very, they're, they're used expertly to execute a end goal that is to be either frightening or hilarious. And I think in both aspects, they're successful. <laughs> I mean, even the sounds of the trees moving, it's like the sounds of breaking branches and stretching and all of this. That's not how trees sound like. But now these trees are scary because you know they can hurt you because you can hear them. Right? You can hear them moving. And, and I, 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 think, I, th- I think I don't really have much else to say on the matter. I just, I just respect the effort that the filmmakers in Evil Dead... Actually, you know what? I'm going to look it up. Evil Dead 2 Sound Department. I want to personally thank 
the P- I haven't I didn't use my computer in any of the first couple episodes, but in these last couple days, boy, I mean, this has been <laughs> Evil Dead Two sound department. I accidentally just wrote Evil Dead. Here we go. Evil Dead Two full cast and crew. Okay, we got the cast right. Fake sh- <laughs> these uh the 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 doubles for uh Ash or for Bruce Campbell in this film are all credited as fake Shemp because uh, he's called Shemp Malone, right? So all of these people are as fake Shemp for his stunt doubles and and body doubles for like scenes, I guess, where he there's two of them. There's a couple of those. Luggage Monkey, Airport... Oh, this is the cast. Okay. Produced by, music by... Oh, what, we, what, what am I... T- of course I have to talk about the music, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to thank J- Joseph Loduca, right? As being a, a really good music boy. Thank you for composing the beautiful swelling music of this movie because not only do the sound effects and diegetic sounds of this movie really sell it, but the music of this movie really, really goes hard, right? <laughs> so thanks to those guys. I'll thank the makeup department on another day. Right, second unit, sound department. Here we go. So the sound editors, beautiful work, guys. Thank you, John Voss Bonds Jr. and Thomas Bush. You guys are the bomb. Kevin Hill, he's the sound effects editor. Boy, you did a really good job. Okay, Mike Dickit, Mike, not not Dickinson, Dickinson. There's no end there. <laughs> he's the foley artist. Great job. And Thomas Morrison, who he, he mixed all the sounds together so that they can all, uh, you know, work well together. He's, that's what sound mixers do. Tom Morrison. He was credited as Tom. His actual name is Thomas. But I'm going to thank Tom Morrison because he's the one that did it in Evil Dead 2. Uh, Drew Newman. He's, he did synthesize sound effects. So that means that he made a lot of the sound effects in this that were not like readily available. So thank you, bro. Another assistant sound editor, uh, Yvonne Preble. Good job. The dialogue editor, Chris Rabididow. But he was also the sound effects editor, so I will thank him even though the dialogue was a little iffy. But he was working with what he had. So thank you, Chris. Oh, oh no, Cindy was the sound effects. So I guess we got, we got two Rabidow relatives. Are they married? Or are they... Brother and sister, are they cousins? This is something to look into. Chris Rabidou. Rabidou? Chris and Cindy Rabidou. Chris and Cindy Rab... Look at this. We're going right back into this. Rabidou. Rabidou. Are they... How are they related? Let me see. How are you related to, okay, Cindy Rabideau from Michigan? I assume this is her. Maybe I'm being a little bit silly. Hmm. Is this the person? Does she know a Chris? That's the important part. I'm really on, like, someone's Facebook. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Let me see, let me see, let me see. Okay, I see 
some sort of trailer here. So this person might be in the film industry. Okay. Okay. I really am go again, going really just nowhere with this. Like not, not really doing. Maybe if I look in her friends list, if there's a Chris. Okay. There's no Chris here. Um, this is starting. Okay. Chris Rapido. I'm really, he also was in the sound department for new nightmare. So he's a horror. He's, he's a veteran of the horror genre. He might be dead. He hasn't, he doesn't have a credit here after 1994. So that's concerning. So I don't know how these two people are related, but they are because they have the same last name. <laughs> so I'm drawing that conclusion. I haven't been on Facebook in so long. My notifications are going crazy. That's not good. Re-recording mixer. So that's for uh, ADR, I assume. He mixed He mixed the ADR. And there is some of that in here. You know, a lot of the grunting in the, in the stunt work for Ash's character. The, I mean, the whole scene in the kitchen where he fights his hand is ADR. So that's, that's thank you, Andrew. Um, Andrew Schatz. Steve Sheridan. Another sound effects editor. There was a lot of those. Thank you. Julie Spears, the Foley artist. Goddamn. Thank you, Julie. John W. Walter, the boom operator. He was credited as John Walter. You know, boom ops, they have their place and they do their job well. Brian E. Wedewer, another sound effects editor. David John West is the supervising sound editor. And the re-recording mixer. Thank you, David John West. You were technically in charge. <laughs> uh, David Lewis Udall, credited as David Udall, did some other sound effects. And Ron Ayers did post-production sound, but he was not credited. So I'll put this on the record. I credit you, Ron Ayers. You matter to me. And I think that brings us to the end of the podcast. So if you want to listen more to this podcast... You can go to anchor.fm slash deadbydanny to find if we're on your favorite podcast service yet. We are on Spotify. We're on Spotify day one. And on anchor.fm slash deadbydanny for more of this podcast. If you want more of me, you can find me at on Instagram at dcrfilms or at danreguino for just photography and pictures of myself that are not content related. At dcrfilms, a little bit more content oriented. And as always, tell your friends about the podcast. Tell them to come get some and swallow some of Dead by Danny. And the more I say it every single day, it sounds more and more sexual. So I'll see you tomorrow.